0: How do we feel about the other side, though, with the, the trophy fiancé, the mom-fiancé interaction? Because I I feel like that's going to happen a lot, too. I don't have any feedback into that,
1: so I've never been the trophy fiancé. <laughs> Wish I was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. Welcome to the What's Up podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is J.J. Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> we appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button. All those buttons that help you keep up with our episodes live, recorded, all of them. YouTube, all that fun stuff. Wherever you can listen to us. Tell a friend about us, too. Help us grow the podcast. We appreciate it. We can always use it, and we'll take it from wherever we can get it. We are here today to talk about the Netflix original You People. It was released January 27th, 2023. It was written by Jonah Hill and Kenya Barris. It was directed by Kenya Barris. Stars Jonah Hill, Lauren London, Eddie Murphy, Julia Louis Dreyfus, Sam J, Nia Long, David Duchovny, Travis Bennett, <laughs> and Molly Gordon. Yeah, it follows a new road new couple and their families who find themselves examining modern love and family dynamics amidst clashing cultures, societal expectations generational differences. It's pretty new, so if you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast. Go watch the movie on Netflix or at home, wherever you watch your Netflix movies, and then come back and pick up where you left off after that. If you're okay with spoilers, hang out with us, because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. Because I kind of <sighs> like this movie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Is this really an original movie, though? Because,
1: oh, no. I mean, I feel like it's just Guess Who? 2023 version. And I like Bernie Mac more than I like Eddie Murphy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's because Bernie Mac is much more likable than Eddie Murphy. Well, and guess who was, guess who's coming to dinner? Remake, you know what I mean? So it's not like, yes, we've seen this film before. I will say that the one major difference between this is, in my opinion, it does make a lot of jokes and it leans into the awkwardness, right? Like the uncomfortable conversations and the, the awkward nature of, not only like meeting your significant other, future wife, future husband's parents and that whole dynamic, but then you obviously you add in the fact that it's a multiracial relationship and there's just this obvious cultural difference that you have to deal with. So it adds that and they play off of that awkwardness a lot, especially with Jonah Hill, the guys all over the place. And then of course, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, her awkwardness, it's and it's uncomfortably funny, but it's funny. But I will say that the one thing that like, guess who did was it made like active jokes. Like, and they were funny. Don't even, I love that movie. It's hilarious. Like Bernie Mac is one of my favorite rest in peace. Cause I wish the dude was still around cause he was hilarious. But I think this one did a little bit more to tackle like the serious aspect of it throughout the movie. And like the actual difficulties where, you don't start to see the true difficulties in a movie like guess who until later in the movie. And it's like a five minute climax section where they're fighting in front of the most ridiculous selection of hungover women. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, that's like the climax. Whereas this one, like you start to see some serious questioning to the point that and you don't have this relationship, like, and guess who it breaks up and they're back together the next day or later that day. You know what I mean? The next day, this one, it's three months later and there's some discomfort and some serious thought going into and it. And you see the change in Jonah Hill's character, both good and bad because of this process that they went through. Right. So I think that it tackled the actual issues or some of the, I don't wanna say all the issues cause that's never possible in a movie, but at least some of the issues in a more serious way. To me, that's the big difference. If I'm looking to laugh my ass off and not be quite as uncomfortable doing it, I'm gonna go watch Guess Who? But I liked this movie because of the, the fact that it didn't shy away from, and it didn't do it in a ridiculous way, right? Like it was in ways that I'm like, I've put my foot in my mouth in that very same way or similarly in the past so that's but i like this movie way more than i thought i was going to
1: hmm interesting
2: yeah
0: i so said t- huh? i Alec. W- i want to hear more from you
1: well, i don't know because the whole concept is a bit weird to me the whole caring about what your significant other's parents think of you mm. like i've never cared mm. and i've made it very clear like in relationships like even with Oshi. The first time I met her grandma, grandma's so funny, she passed away, rest in peace. But we're sitting in the room and her 92-year-old grandma looks up at Oshi and says, really, really loud, is he native? i was like, no, he's white. Why did you bring home a white boy? So I'm cracking up, but it's never really concerned me because you have this kind of awkward dynamic. And you know it's going to be weird. Families are always weird. Sure. So I've, I've always made it kind of clear, like, I'm here for you. You know, like you don't have to be embarrassed what your parents gonna say about me. I don't care. I'm not dating or marrying your parents. If it bugs you that much the way they act, we won't see them. But if you're, if you get bugged by my family, you won't see them either. It's perfect.
2: <laughs> that's the
1: sociopath so, in you. That's the sociopath. <laughs> like People have a problem. We don't have to go hang out with them. That's fine. Sure. So I, I've never understood like the whole needing to please someone or get their approval. Aside from the person that you're actually interacting with. And screw whatever their parents think of you or what your parents think of them.
2: I I never understood it. For me, listening to this, I was going, it's stupid. I love that you're saying this too, because this is a generational thing. And I love that they bring that up in like the layout of like the synopsis of this film, that it wasn't just obviously there's there are racial concerns that's at the forefront of this film but there's also generational differences. And what you're talking about is your baby generation. You're under 30 generation. Yeah. And this generation, what they're portraying here is close, right? 35 similar, just on the cusp of the same generation. But I'll tell you right now, I'm an older millennial. Like it doesn't get much older in the millennial generation than I am. And that was a big deal. Like I, I don't want to say terrified, but I was very nervous every time I met a girlfriend or, partner's parents because the older generations we did care and the even older generations than me cared even more my dad will i've listened to my mom and dad tell stories like of my dad asking permission from her dad to marry her like very few even in my generation still do that but that was a big deal back then and like i even pondered do i need to do that right and if casey hadn't said to me no you don't Like I would have, because that's how I was raised. So there's a big stark generational difference. And you can see it in this movie where Eddie Murphy's character, Akbar was like, at the same time, he was like, this is weird. Cause he was having a struggle with the fact that his daughter's bringing home a white dude. And then they're sitting in Roscoe's chicken and waffles. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) But at the same time, like they knew what the hell they were there for. Like there's no way that the parents didn't know because that's what their generation did. And there was no other reason for him to take them to lunch. So I get it, but that's a you generation thing. Like I'm telling you that younger generation, very young millennials and the older gen Z. And this is wild generalization, right? Not every individual is this way, but a lot of that younger generation in general cares a lot less about that approval because they were, <laughs> and I could go, look, I train on generational differences for work all the time. And so I could go very in depth for this, but the big piece of it is the younger generations, life's too short. There's so many things going on. that can quote unquote unalive them that they worry less and less about other people's influence and what they think because they live day to day because they realize that they could not, they may not be here tomorrow, right? Because that's just the nature of how they grew up. So when I speak about it generationally, I I don't, I try to keep people out of a box. That was one of my favorite lines in this movie was the whole, not putting someone in a box thing is a big deal for me. And statistics are statistics, right? You can't argue with them one way or another, but each individual person is an enigma. They will go against the norm of whatever box you put them in as an individual. The other thing I liked about this movie is it approached this topic from these two individuals, grappling with unfortunate stereotypes and generalizations about a number of different, well, both specifically their cultures, the Jewish and the African-American culture. So, and especially the Muslim African-American culture, which is even different than just the African-American that aren't Muslim. So I liked that where they're like, these are two individuals that are being themselves, but then they're being influenced, which we see a lot by this culture that they're surrounded by and the generalizations and the stereotypes that they have to deal with. And it's, it was an interesting take, but I, yeah, I love to hear that, Alec. It just makes you go, I know a lot. Well, One thing I'll
0: say, Alec, is if it's someone that is very close to their family, I can see that mattering to the significant other more that approval, because if you realize your life is going to be involved with these people and they really don't like you, but that person really values their families depending on their relationship and they're close to them, I can see that mattering more, but if you're, especially if you're someone that doesn't have a closer relationship with your family or parents, then who cares? And so I think maybe they were trying to lean into that more. That they were, it certainly didn't seem like Jonah Hill's character cared for his family as much or what their opinion was, but his fiance, I definitely think maybe they leaned into that a little bit more. So that's what I was thinking. Cause I can see your side of the fence too, but where it was a little unrealistic for me is to say that you're like, you're just clear cut or walking away. Like they didn't have any scenes about either of them going back to their, the mom or the dad and being like, look, like what gives you being an asshole? Like for the daughter to say what Jonah Hill's character said to the dad from the daughter, like that's what you would expect someone to do at that point. be like, why are you being like this? And that never happened. And that's where that was. The, I was like, well, did they just like skip that for Hollywood's sake, so We could have this cool kind of surprise meet and greet ending because I would expect something like that to happen in a real relationship. Yeah, especially if you go all the way to go get
1: married. Like, yeah, I'm just like, and then just get it annulled the next day. I like, love you, no
0: but fight. I know <laughs> no. we can't be together. And I was like, eh this is a problem with short engagements
2: well technically they didn't get married that was their <laughs> no, they didn't get married. that was their uh whatever oh, the rehearsal their rehearsal, rehearsal dinner, dinner that all that uh-huh. happened at and, okay but i feel like i'm going to talk a lot about generations but that's also a younger generation thing just so you know two things to know about the younger generations is well three things first is when when i was a kid 18 was like the cutoff right that's what we talked about when i'm 18 i'm an adult bullshit even my generation, that's not realistic. At 18, I was not an adult. Now, emerging adulthood is a real thing. And most kids, 26 or younger, if you ask them, um, are you an adult? No, they say now adulthood really, the maturity level scientifically, they're saying is 26-ish. And most kids in their 20s agree with that. And what comes with that is twofold. And that leads me to these other two things. One relationships are starting to take place later in life because what's important to them is establishing themselves, getting a job, making money, getting an education, finding a career. And they realize that they'll be more successful in a relationship if they have those things established and they are an adult and mature, have matured before they start a serious relationship. To the point that even though we hear all these frightening stories of, of younger kids being sexually active, The truth of the matter and the science that's starting to show what these younger, younger generation is that are coming into adulthood, meaning 18 to 25, they're actually marrying younger or older, deciding they're not going to have kids until they're mid to late thirties or early forties. And some Mm -hmm. of them aren't even talking about sexual activity until they're in the 18, 19, 20, 21 range. And all of this is up and coming right in that generation. What that leads to is it's very easy. And I don't want to say very, it's much easier in theory based on the individual again. Right. But this is a generalization for that generation of the younger individuals to walk away from a relationship like this and say, this is not what I wanted. This is not where I'm at in my life. And so I'm going to step away because this is too difficult. And I'm not to the point that I'm mature enough or willing and able to go through these hardships that they're having to deal with because I can't even imagine, like, I have a great relationship with Casey's dad and mom. They're like my second parents. And I love spending time with him. I love hanging. And it's always been that way with them. It's been easy for me to integrate. We've had a great relationship. I can't imagine. Like I watched this movie and I watched Jonah Hill and, and Eddie Murphy interact. And I'm like, I'd have fucking walked away too. Cause that's bullshit. Like you're sitting at your own bachelor party with a Lap full of coke and i can't freaking sniff it fuck you i'm pissed <laughs> you know what i mean for the sake that i'm trying not to be awkward because you're gonna be, go tell my wife or my future wife that i was snorting coke. fuck off don't ruin my bachelor party dude i'd be salty
1: i would have walked away before then it's fair like the instant i got taken into a barber shop brought wearing the, the, the wrong colors yeah right yeah. like poof, okay we're done yeah like, I don't care how I feel about you unless you put a stop to this or say something.
0: Like, I'm out. Deuces. Yeah. How do we feel about the other side, though, with the the trophy fiancé, the mom-fiancé interaction? Because I I feel like that's going to happen a lot, too. I don't have any feedback into that, so I've never been the trophy fiancé.
2: <laughs> Wish I was. <laughs> um, you know, that side, it's an interesting dichotomy. Because when I think about that side, and I was watching that part of the, the movie, the the white side or the Jewish side, right? So I liked that they added in the fact that this was a Jewish family. So they came with their own set of culture quirks and generalizations that went along with that. Holocaust ring. Yeah. I was like, oh boy. Um, Though, I will not lie. Like I was laughing my ass off when he was, they were having that conversation with his partner, his podcast partner. I was like, that's hilarious. Just the way that conversation went. But I think like, for me watching that being a white man in a very white family that has, has dated women of color in the past. Like I haven't seen the whole, here's this someone that's different. That's coming into the family, right. To add culture, add, I haven't seen that piece of it, but I've seen like the walking on eggshells side of it where it's, and it's natural thing, right? Like we don't, and the, the lack of understanding, but you try to, th- act like you understand or you overdo it trying to learn more about the culture, which in essence, if you're not doing it correctly, learn from her, right? Make her the expert and and have those conversations, ask the right questions, as opposed to let's go to Google and figure out, you know what I mean? When she said that, I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Cause that's the part. And I think that's again, one more thing that I liked about this movie is it pinpointed that stop it. Stop trying to understand things that you'll never understand from your own perspective and Google will never give you the correct answer. It's only going to make things worse. You know, you need to Google some things, but if you have the opportunity to ask someone in the black community, someone in the Jewish community, someone in the Muslim community, have have those conversations and ask those things in a respectful way, do it because you're going to get the answers more fully and in a better way than you can ever get it from fucking Google or from like that. I'll ever get it from people that look like me, right? Like, the one thing that I fully 100% agreed with was near the end of this movie when Joe Hill's character was on the podcast saying, you're right, I'll never understand it. And we'll never 100% come together because there's always that difference that's going to be between us. And if we accept that, then we can treat each other as individuals and we can have conversations and questions and we can build a relationship with individuals. But I will never understand nor will any of us on this podcast and i'll speak for you i don't do that often but we'll never understand what it's like to be black hispanic muslim jewish we just won't not fully we can have conversations that'll help us understand a little better from their perspective but never from our own speak for yourself about time i converted to judaism there you go there you go (laughs)
1: That's a good point. But like for me anyway, during that part, the thing that I guess kind of frustrates me is that it's almost saying that, you know, since there's no way to understand it, leave it that don't bother trying almost. Sure. Is what kind of like it hit me with. And I was like sitting there going, if you keep saying that there's boundaries and walls there. They're never going to get busted down or even looked at. People are just going to say, there's, well, never understand it. I'm going to move on to something else that's easier to achieve. That's easier to contact to instead of having that difficult question or asking stuff. Now, they'll just go to Google because Google is easier to find Mm -hmm. things like that. Versus if they had shown kind of the breaking down instead of just saying that, oh, yeah, it'll never be the same type of like, "Ah," you know, we're going to make it work but we're, we're the exception rather than the rule. Sure. And I don't know if that's just the way I took it, but I was sitting there going like, really, you didn't solve any problem. You just stated that there is one and said, I'm the, you know, I'm the exception to the rule, but for everybody else out
2: there, you're going to have problems. Don't even bother trying. I can see that. Well, and I, I think they tried to do it with the weird apology thing from both Akbar and what's his face, his mom, but like, it was so brief and short, like, great. They had this emotional growth and this personal growth of understanding that they, cause they got their asses chewed out right before the breakup, right? But, and they both had these realizations that they were wrong, but I get your point. That little brief moment doesn't show the value and the lesson there that we need to let go of assumptions and we need to let go of these stereotypes on all fronts and just realize that we're human beings at the end of the day if you have a question, ask it, have these conversations and and get to know each other on a human level, then those problems tend to, while never going away, they'll tend to lessen and soften as you go. Like, it's just like, you see the relationship of the two friends that are on the podcast, Jonah Hill's character and his podcast partner, they can say whatever the hell they want to each other within reason, I'm sure. But because they've built that trust and they've had those conversations, they understand each other well enough. And you know, It's true for any friendship, whether you're different, culturally different or not, there has to be that level of trust. And that's the part that I think that we miss out on is, and this is human nature. We all have done it and we all will continue to do it on a certain level. We do things from our perspective because it's the only thing we truly know. And we make assumptions based on those perceptions and understanding when in reality, if you can let go of your assumption, that's the most truest place to me where... The "make an ass out of you and me" statement of assume is so true because you're just walking into a nightmare. The only place that I can make an assumption are things that I truly understand and live myself. Outside of that, I'm gonna walk into a landmine. You know what I mean? It's just gonna happen because I don't have any history or experience to build off of, build that assumption from. It's yeah, I definitely agree with you. That I like what they were doing with the point of it, but they didn't give it quite enough which I think they could have done to Madsen's point. If instead of just breaking it off and having a three months later card, they show we need to postpone the wedding instead of we're going to break up. And then they have, you know, we have this three months of, obviously they're miserable together, though they're trying to make it work because they're trying to bring in the families into the relationship, right. Versus the families understanding. This is really none of our fucking business we've made things harder on purpose or not on purpose. However it was, we need to step in and apologize and then watch the growth come from there. I think that would have been more effective to the point of what they were trying to do.
0: Well, yeah, Tay said it, but she watched it with me in the ending. And she's like, so it's been three months. They see each other for the first time. They talk about him getting these slides that made her think of her. The parents have talked all is well. Everyone's shown up and they got married that day. She's like, they still haven't resolved Necessarily, issues have either of them feel about the other individual's key family member—that's been a problem—and they they have to be able to talk about them. So, because they had a lot of backhand comments, back and forth things where they they fought about, but went past it. But those issues were still there. There's still a foundation of like, if this has to get solved, and it's not going to happen. And a two minute conversation and we're just going to get married that day. And I know that's Hollywood doing what Hollywood does just to have a happy ending, but it did feel that for me, the biggest disconnect in this movie was the ending. It was just all of a sudden, like they had it all figured out and to the rehearsal dinner and it breaking apart right there with that really well scripted dialogue from Jonah Hill about no NASA. That way, I mean, phenomenally written. Like I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever heard it said better than that from that point on. They just didn't really ha- know how to tie a bow on it very well, and I really think it detracted. We always remember how a movie ends. An average movie can be- turn into a great movie because of the ending, and to me, this really suffered in the delivery at the end.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I think the ending was too Hollywood for me, but I get why they did it because nobody likes watching a sad movie that's supposed to be well, It would have been jer- like
0: another what twenty minutes, thirty sure. minutes, and I appreciate that this movie wasn't overly long, but.
2: I'm going to stand by his
0: as a poor decision at the
2: end. No, I, I, yeah, I agree. And throughout the movie, some of the dialogue was fantastic, right? Like even the conversation between Eddie Murphy's character and his brother in the car up to deciding, like, there's a very interesting conversation, very well written. And on the flip side, we talked about Jonah Hill going off on Eddie Murphy at the end, which I agree was a completely wonderful way to express that situation. I liked to the other side of that when, the fiance when she went off on mom, and mom throughout the movie you can tell that mom, or Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, I don't think there were ever, unlike Eddie Murphy's character who was trying to break them up, and albeit for what he saw as correct reasons, right. Whereas Julia Louis Dreyfus just was stupid, and <laughs> she shows that throughout the movie. She's kind of a dumbass. Even her son's like he, she's kind of a moron. I don't think there was ever really nasty intentions there. Right. Unlike that, but just because your intentions are good, doesn't mean that what you're doing is okay. And that's the part where like that conversation to me almost hit more home than the other, because I can relate more to feeling like Jonah Hill in that situation. I'm a white dude. That's had things said to me like that never to that extent, but I, I can relate to that. What I can't relate to personally is the other side of that, where I know that I've said, well, that was never my intention, whether that was in talks of racial pieces. I've said it to Casey a million times. I've said it to my friends, my parents, that was never my intention. And the, the famous saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Just because my intentions are good does not free me of wrongdoing, right? I still did something that offended someone, that wronged someone, that hurt someone's feelings. How do I make amends? And I can't just say, well, my intentions were there. And that's why I love that every time that Julia Louise dreyfuss character kept trying to interrupt her, she just wouldn't let her. She's like, look, in my opinion, in that conversation, she was saying, I know you weren't trying to be a dick. But you're a fucking dick. And I was like, you need to hear that because you need to understand all the good intentions in the world doesn't change. The things that you did put her in a terrible position and was very unfair to her. So I, that to me was the best part of this entire movie was the writing across the board so kudos to the guy that so the guy that wrote it with Jonah Hill and then directed it, Kenya Barris has also does writing and and creating of shows like blackish and groanish which I don't know if you have ever watched any of those Hilarious. not groanish but blackish is funny yeah so he, yeah he's and then mixed-ish and like he's done and he, he did do the screenplay for coming to America too which yeah <laughs> I liked for nostalgia reasons. It wasn't yeah, necessarily the greatest. Movie. I remember that and how bad that movie was. So. But Blackish and grownish are two very hilarious and very well written shows. And I, yeah, I think this one had some fantastic writing to it. And from a selfish perspective, I love the backdrop of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up. <laughs> You're going to be a podcaster?
1: Yeah. I can. This is my future. I can already see it. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to this.
2: Hey, man, that's goals right there. One day we're recording our show in a studio. Like, hell yeah. Cameras all around. Shit was cool. That'd be dope. I know. Yeah, there's a lot to this movie, I think. And I thought, like I said, I thought it was pretty good for what it was and
0: but so we had some funny moments and we talked about more of the serious stuff but i will say this movie did make me laugh one of them that i'm thinking of right now i used i used to be a bigger fan of shoes and care about them i still like them but when he had to take his shoe off so he didn't get a crease in it when he was proposed to do that made me laugh one day i will say that wasn't believable to me the whole uber scene how he actually met her and doing that like no way get out of here that's not happening like they I just don't see it.
2: I see. And I think it's a stretch. Like, I think you have to have the two right individuals. But my cousin Rocky, he could talk to anybody. He's one of those guys that used to blow my brain because we'd go out and we'd hang out. We'd go out and play, and he could talk to anyone, and they would fall in love with him instantly. Like, so hmm. I think about him in that situation, and I'm like, but I could see that happening.
0: What's Jonah Hill's character's name in this again? Ezra he's already proven in this movie that or his character is not good at small talk or like just traditional greetings. Cause he, that was, he's saying say like, how's the, how's the weather? Well, I hope the weather's good for you too. Kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, he was just totally suck at that stage at his yeah. delivery. He's not smooth. So
2: well, I, I don't find it. But- sure. No, I get what you're saying. I think for me, the part that won me over, cause I was with you until but when he showed her the picture and she's like, shit yeah we really could be twins like I think that was the moment where she softened up and it was like he was able to relax a little bit because she was on she wasn't on the defensive or the offensive at that point it was like oh shit this is the weirdest combination of circumstances to end up in a meet cute on the planet (laughs) but yeah I mean obviously it took a lot of weird things happening I think one of the funniest conversations for me was like early on when he was having a hard time and his podcast partner and they were having like the Drake conversation, mm-hmm. like the different versions of Drake. Like I was done, di- but I laughed my at this whole movie. Like Casey was looking at me like, are you okay? Cause I was laughing my ass off. Like there were moments I couldn't breathe. Cause I love a good back and forth. Like, cause it makes me so uncomfortable that I just can't help but laugh. Like where they're at dinner and, and Eddie Murphy's characters, like, Something about yeah, we don't have a good relationship with boats, and like, oh, and the daughter's like, yeah, it's very true. Or water, and then the idiot mom steps up. She's like, kind of like Jews with trains, right? And I'm like, oh shit! From a (laughs) from a certain perspective, I was like, that conversation is so uncomfortable. It made me giggle because I was like, this is weird. But I could see stupid shit like that happening in real life, which to me translates to humor. Cause I'm like, and there's JJ's sociopathic side making its appearance. it. It certainly is because that's, I, can, I'm serious. Like I can imagine that in real life, that conversation going down in that situation. And I go, how do you fucking recover from that? Right. Like, and that's the part that makes me laugh. It's like, you're so fucked. And like you said, that's my sociopathic side <laughs> coming out, but yeah, I love it. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of funny, funny parts of this movie throughout like the part in the, in the strip club when the he's sitting there with Eddie Murphy's character. And he's like, do you have a Coke guy? No, I don't have a Coke guy. And all of his buddies, yeah, you have a Coke guy. Yeah. It's the Coke guy. Like that whole conversation. I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard because you knew he was going to show up. He's got Coke guy tattooed on his knuckles (laughs) (laughs) and he just randomly throws a bag of Coke. Like it's like 20 grand worth of (laughs) right there it was silly overall i i laughed my ass out i had a good time watching this movie great time actually so surprised me i went into it with very low expectations because i'm not usually a jonah hill fan Uh, he's not my favorite in comedy roles which is ironic i like him in most of his serious roles like in moneyball i think he's amazing in uh the wolf of wall street he was outrageously good most of his comedy shit I don't one, one
0: would it. say he was kind of in a comedy role in the wolf on wall street though
2: kind of but i think it was a more serious movie even though he tended to be the comic relief <sighs>
0: yeah i will say that this movie for me i like, subject matter the very polarizing topic tough thing to talk about one that i don't feel fully qualified to talk about just to be completely honest with our listeners but something that i like that the as Rose co-host talked about that, I think a lot of times we feel like the differences are just too much that we can't bridge the gap. Um, And I think this movie showed a way of identifying what we don't want to do being like the dad, for instance, and the mom, but I really resonate more with the dad's reaction about like, if you've already decided what you've decided, how is anything ever going to change if you're already made up in that way? And the mom's approach was like you were saying, she kind of tried, but didn't really realize the error of her ways And so if you're either of those people, I think this movie really showed that you got to, you got to change your approach and have that self-realization unless someone's going to be that in your life. And then you have to make the decision, Hey, someone told me I'm this, and then I have to actually act upon it. And I feel like they created something that allowed me to have dialogue and to think about that while still being pretty funny. And I do commend them for being able to talk about something that's difficult, also make light of it and provide an entertaining product. And I think that's hard to do, but
2: they did a better job than I thought. Should we uh, rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. Mattson, you go. Oh, no, Alec. You were probably go sure you're going to go first this time. You go first. Yeah, All right. Right. It's,
0: it's a rare moment for Alec to go first. I'm yeah. excited. I feel like I go first
1: more than you guys think I do. It's but that's just awesome. I never remember. <laughs> I'm just starting a tracker. <laughs> do it. So, you people. Um, I didn't really enjoy this movie as much as I thought I would and i think that might have been going in you know i saw jonah hill eddie murphy and i thought okay i can get behind this the comedy really didn't land for me and it's kind of this weird dichotomy because i texted you jj Mm -hmm. like on the inside i'm an 85 year old man even though we just talked about the generational differences so a lot of the comedy went right over my head because i didn't understand the lingo Mm -hmm. and then i like processed process process and two minutes later i was like oh that was kind of (laughs) funny but it was just late to the party so you know by that time we moved on to something else and then i also just didn't understand like we talked about earlier i didn't understand this whole nature of being concerned about what other people think of you it's something that i haven't paid much attention to for the majority of my life i just don't care if you don't like me i won't talk to you Problem solved. Well, we're both happy. <laughs> so that was a struggle. in like watching these two individuals tear their life apart based on people's opinions or how they treat you outside your relationship. So it was a weird movie to watch because I spent most of it going, well, why are you doing that? That's stupid. Just don't care. Like, you know, there was a point where Jonah Hill's character talks to his girl and he's like, you know, when would you become such a devout Muslim? Mm. as a way to complain i was like who cares (laughs) like it's it's the person you fell in love with you knew they were muslim if they choose to be devout on a certain day or whatever like they're still the person that you fell in love with you know there's a different thing that's going on there maybe figure out the root of the problem instead of just trying to you know dig in your heels and oh when do you care about your religion so much because then they're going to come back with well you've never been a devout Jew and now now you're fighting over something that nobody wants to fight about so it was a struggle to get through this I'm going to say middle of the road two and a half I don't think I'll ever really watch it again because Oceana kind of had the same viewpoint as I did didn't really enjoy it so we'll watch guess who
2: instead (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, two and a half. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I went into it with very low expectations again. I'm not a huge Jonah Hill fan and Eddie Murphy's always been one of my favorites, but he's kind of, he hasn't done much. That's been super impressive to me over the last few years. He's done a handful that are funny, but I miss like Beverly Hills cop, Eddie Murphy. You know what I mean? Like that's the Eddie Murphy I'm used to. So I'm not, I struggle with some of the newer stuff, but I, I will say I thought that the message of this movie overall was really good. And I thought it was very well written. And I liked the way that it portrayed this melding of cultures and when it was successful and and how it looked when it was just two human beings that didn't really care about those things. And then the outside influences that really made a difference in this relationship. So I really enjoyed how that was written and how it was portrayed. I will say that I do think there were some things that were rushed through. I think there were some things that for the sake of time, And the hollywood piece it was almost written like a very long episode of television which makes sense given the fact that the writer does television a lot writer and director so it did kind of have that feel so that was one piece that i like though i did like the pace as well so it's kind of this weird back and forth on that for me but i did find it very funny so that balance of real life as real as hollywood can get and showing a point and yet balancing it with some really good humor. I think they did a really good job there. And I, I chuckled a lot during this movie. Still wasn't a perfect movie. And, and for a lot of reasons, I, I might go back and watch Guess Who before I'd watch this if I'm not looking. But I, I would watch this movie again. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but I enjoyed it. And I, I would sit through it again because I really, like I said, I think I would laugh constantly no matter how awkward I got because I was uncomfortable a little bit in some of it, which I think is good. We need to be uncomfortable in life sometimes. So yeah, there it is for me. Three and a half. Mattson, bring it home.
0: Yeah, I've already kind of given my synopsis the last time I spoke, so I'm not going to belabor everyone with that. I'm going to give this movie a three, touch on some difficult and much-needed dialogue within this particular topic, and I thought they inserted some comedy into it to alleviate some of that heavy discussions that happened in this movie and I thought the writing at parts was pretty exceptional As I've already said I just think the movie the ending there especially was kind of a letdown and for that I think it kind of stunted where this movie could go in my rating system but something I think people should watch to just ask yourself where you fit on that spectrum and what you can do to kind of improve the way that you interact with others and yeah it was just a tough topic to talk about but one that's very necessarily is very necessary as JJ talked about so wasn't I guess initially didn't really have a lot of thoughts on where I thought, how good I thought this movie would be. I didn't even know anything. I didn't know anything about this movie until
2: we clicked on it Mm -hmm. and just went for the ride. Sometimes that's the best way to do it. All right, Alex, tell everybody where they can find (laughs) us, buddy.
1: All right. Thank you for tuning in to you people, you people listening, keep the world turning and keep JJ off the streets, which is just good for society. (laughs) I'm curious to see what you people thought of this film and if you enjoyed it. Drop us a comment to let us know your thoughts. If you people are fans of the pod and are interested in supporting us more directly, you can join us on Patreon where every dollar earned goes towards scaring Alex straight. No luck so far. He is still an asshole. Special thanks to our patron, twerking She-Hulk. You, sir, are a sweet Georgia peach and a mustache twirler. <laughs> Check us out wherever fine podcasts can be found, like Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or YouTube, where you can watch Matson pick his nose. Short outro today, because I got a So I'll send it back to the Kena swing, the great Bambino,
2: JJ. I love it. I feel like I need to drag this shit on because you have to be. (laughs) Um, But since I'm a good friend and not quite the asshole that everyone makes me out to be, that's not true at all. I will uh, end this episode on that. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinemagic out.